You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to another edition of the Palpably Unfair Podcast on SB Nation's Podcast Network. My name is Kyle Posey. I am joined by Kate Majuk whose screen name goes by Imaginative Moonwalker. Kate, what up? <laughs> they literally pick your screen names as you're entering the squad cast room. And honestly, every time I come in, it's something fantastic and it's something sassy and uh, makes me like really pumped to actually start recording it. It gives me the confidence I need to move forward. Uh, so yes, I am the Imaginative Moonwalker and uh, hopefully we will be imaginative in our discussions of the draft today because feels like we're going over a lot of the same info over and over again, but there's lots of potential scenarios that uh, we could be working through here uh, as we get closer to the NFL draft and maybe we'll see some trades. Who knows? We are two weeks away and those two weeks are going to take a long time because these last two weeks have taken a long time. Today, Kate and I are going to speak about teams that can shake up the draft. And obviously, we're going to start with number three because there is a certain team who traded a lot of draft capital to move up to number three. But after that, there is a lot that could go on. There are teams rumored to move up. There are other teams who can potentially have who potentially have the draft capital to move up. And as we know, there could be a team that could be so desperate that they're just going to say, what the heck, and do whatever it takes to move up if a specific player falls. So we will discuss all of that. Kate, let's start with number three. The San Francisco 49ers moved up to number three, and they are going to select a quarterback who we don't know. It looked like, or it seemed like, based on the national pundits, that it was going to be Mac Jones. They are slowly walking those takes back and doing a lot of backpedaling this week. And all of a sudden, Mac Jones is not a lock. Who knew? So let's first talk about the draft capital that they gave up. So they, they swapped first round picks. So number three and number 12 additionally gave up a future third round pick, which is probably going to be a comp pick. And then you also have future first in each season. So 2022 and 2023, that is a lot. And I feel if you just go by like the trade charts, they gave up more. The 49ers gave up more than they had to do you think it was too much? And my follow-up to that is, will it even matter in two years if whoever they take is a baller? You know what? It, so if you're trading for the quarterback of your future and you feel confident in your evaluation, uh, and you, like I, I think Justin Fields could be the guy for them, um, I think that just automatically would be the best fit, just scheme-wise, coaching-wise. Um, I, I love what Fields is able to accomplish as a rusher. If you're taking who you believe to be the future of your franchise, absolutely worth it. Uh, you're not going to to be thinking about those two future first rounders. I mean, it, let's look at what the Rams have been able to accomplish on an annual basis. They've been trading their firsts away for how long? And I mean, just like candy, they just give it away, give it away, right. give it away. But you know what? They always have 
uh, players that keep them in contention. So I think if you're making this move that's going to get you closer to that, which we we know they have the defensive assets to be a contender, uh, if you're going to balance out that offense, I think it's it's a fair move. But everything else sort of tilts on this 49ers pick, and they've done a really good job of causing some commotion in terms of uh, all of us postulating what in the world they're doing. Uh, they are in attendance at Justin Fields' pro day today. He's having his second pro day. Uh, they caused a little bit of a ruckus after bypassing Justin Fields' first pro day in favor of Zach Wilson. And you will remember, while Zach Wilson was literally throwing the ball in, through the air, that trade broke on the news wave. So it just really interesting. Like the timing of that is interesting. Um, that they did, like I said, show up to uh, Justin Fields' second pro day. So we'll see. Uh, no media at that, so we're not going to get any clips or anything. But he threw pretty well in the first pro day. I think if it comes out anything like uh, what he was he was able to showcase his first time, they're gonna like him. I think I'm like if I had to place a bet right now, it would 100 be on on Justin Fields at number three. Love it. And speaking of bets, you are a fellow degenerate. The current odds of, of the number three pick right now. So Mac Jones is a favorite. People are falling for that, and he is minus 200. Does that surprise you at all? It honestly does because it doesn't feel like the uh, consensus in the public is that Mac Jones is worth the number three overall pick, but they're buying into the chatter. And right. I, let's be honest, I think that's 100% what the 49ers would want if they were not going to be taking Mac Jones. Um, I, they're they're doing exactly what teams are supposed to do uh, ahead of the draft. They're not really t- tipping their hand very well. Uh, which kudos to them. They're causing chaos. Uh, I, I think the fact that the public is is looking to bet on Mac Jones tells you that uh, they're they're just doing a really good job selling their selling their story here, and we could be in for a big surprise. Absolutely, and that's what Vegas does. They prey on the public. They prey, prey on just taking advantage of either the previous week's results or the talking heads like Adam Schefter, who carry a lot of weight, Ian Rappaport. They've been selling us this dream that the 49ers traded up to number three to select Mac Jones, who at his pro day did not impress at all. And obviously you don't put a lot of weight into these pro days. But if we saw Mac Jones throw back-to-back compared to Justin Fields, there was a slight difference of mm-hmm. in talent. And speaking of Justin Fields' pro day, so the Jets are there today. I'm not sure if that's just due diligence. The 49ers, who select right after them, are, as well as the Falcons, who select fourth. The Panthers, eighth. Ninth are the Broncos, and they're in town, as well as the Patriots at number 15. So there could be a ton of teams who are interested. For all we know, the, you know, the 49 or the teams that are there could just be gauging interest. So if the Niners are there for fields, as we expect them to be, let's let's pencil him in at number three. New England and Denver could there could be there to gauge the interest of Atlanta, you know, what the cost would be to move up to number four. And they could also be asking about the 49ers quarterback. So trading for Jimmy Garoppolo could do a lot as far as, you know, what happens behind the 49ers as well. So let's let's move on to the Falcons. So we've penciled in in this hypothetical situation that let's say Justin Fields is going to number three. That means the Falcons. Have. They could have those trade-up partners that we just mentioned. And, you know, we have the Bears, the Broncos, Washington football team. The Falcons could just mess around and take a quarterback, take Trey Lance, which I feel like would be smart. You know, he gets to sit for a year, even though I don't believe he has to sit. And then next year you move on from Matt Ryan. 
what do you think happens here? And who, if the if the Falcons do pass on a quarterback, who do you think would be the team most likely most likely to move up? And in this hypothetical, it would be for Trey Lance. So I actually thought uh, I was listening to the the Mel Kiper podcast. Uh, He was talking about uh, his latest edition of his mock draft. Super interesting move in his mock at the Falcons number four pick. They actually traded back. Uh, and it was to a very surprising team. It was to uh, the Miami Dolphins, uh, who <laughs> went from three back to twelve, back to seven or back to six. Sorry. So I mean, they they have Miami all over the board, but it seems like the consensus is that Miami wants to get a playmaker. And Mel Kiper actually has uh, them trading up for Kyle Pitts at number four, which I thought was super interesting. Um, but if you're able to move back, I don't think the the Falcons should move back. Uh, to anything further than six, it's all sort of a, a gamble on on what you bet that person uh, that your trade partner is taking. I do think that they end up with Trey Lance in this draft. So uh, regardless of whether they trade from from four to six or stay put, I think the outcome is the same. Uh, so I, I'll be interested to see what how other teams respond to that because I mean five. You got the Bengals, not a threat. They have to go with Penny Sewell or they have to go with Jamar Chase. Feels like there's no other option at this point. So let's talk about the Falcons real quick. So Arthur Smith, their head coach, just came from the Tennessee Titans. He just revitalized Ryan Tannehill's career. Trey Lance is a much better prospect than Ryan Tannehill was coming out. And they play a lot of similar styles as far as the offenses go. You would think Trey Lance is too good to pass up. So let's pencil him in there. With the Falcons and, and you mentioned the Bengals. So knowing that they can so the first four picks are quarterbacks, which I'm not sure if that's ever happened in the NFL. I would imagine it has only happened one or two times. If so, let's say so we're now we're at five and since he is on the clock, why wouldn't they be able to move down a couple spots knowing that they can get Sewell, knowing that they can get Chase or whoever it is that they're interested in? Or would it would it be smart for them to just stay put and take the best positional player? I think it's smart to stay put because it feels like any of these teams right behind them, um, the Dolphins, the Lions, the Panthers, uh, the, the Broncos, I'd say, are um, I wouldn't put them as much in, in the uh, conversation for needing one of these like premier pass catchers, uh, premier, premier, <laughs> premier pass catchers. Um, I, I mean, Cincinnati, they have their pick of the lot at number five, and I think to be able to to walk away at five with your pick of Kyle Pitts, Jamar Chase, any of those guys, uh, you're you're in a really good spot. It seems like they are leaning that way in general, uh, maybe over Panay Sewell, but I think that there's enough threat uh, for, for one of these teams to take uh, Jamar Chase or Kyle Pitts if that is indeed the direction you're you're heading in for the Bengals. I'd rather just stay put and have my pick unless you think that those prospects are equal enough uh, that that you're fine with any any one of them. But it seems pretty clear that at least Joe Burrow wants Jamar Chase. Right. (laughs) Former teammate. He's made it very clear. If I'm Cincy, I probably do stay put as well unless there there's a teams that are just offering me everything and I just cannot turn that down or even if it is a for moving back for a few picks and I'm able to pick up, you know, an additional second or third rounder, 
That way I can fill my team out because we do not have to pretend like the Bengals are a stacked team right now. So knowing that they need all of the talent they could get, I would move back and at the same time knowing I wouldn't miss out on some of the top talent in the draft. So if I were picking for Cincinnati, knowing how they play, I'm just taking Rashawn Slater and keeping it moving. But again, <laughs> they can get as much as many picks as they can, you know, so stack up that drive, stack, stack up that value, which brings us to the Lions. Now that we've mentioned the Panthers who, you know, still have preemptive or just prematurely moved up for their quarterback, Sam Darnold. But again, they more than likely they, they just had received intel that they're not going to be able to select one of those quarterbacks. And they went with Darnold, which takes us to the Lions, who also have a new quarterback, Jared Goff. I don't know if he is going to be around for a while, but at the same time, Jared Goff or Mac Jones, who are you going to take? It seems like they made up their Detroit has made up their mind as well. There could be another team, though, if they want to move up for a Mac Jones who could jump in front of, again, Detroit, if they feel any inclination that the Broncos are going to select a quarterback because the Broncos select ninth this year. So that brings us to the potential of the Patriots, uh, Washington. It could be the Bears because the Bears, I feel like, are more desperate than any of these teams since they don't really have an option. Andy Dalton is their option. If Andy Dalton is your option, you do not have an option. Let's be honest. So <laughs> I feel like the Lions could hold a lot of cards here because they are in a position where if this Mac Jones, if all the Mac Jones talk is true, if it is accurate, then you would think right around this pick right here, eight would be his floor. If if there was a team that would that thinks that, you know, he's not going to fall to come up and get him. But um, in, in this scenario, the Lions, they lost Kenny Galladay. Are they going to select one of these guys to, you know, take take his spot? Or what do you think here? What, what do you think the Lions would do? Or Because I, I think there is a the strong potential of them trading out and just continuing to get more picks and overturn their roster. That's, that's my thought here for number seven. I think that that would be the smartest move for their franchise. They just have so many different positions of need at this point. Um, I, you know, I think... Uh, getting a, a corner um, like Patrick Sertan at that point, like he's still available right now. There's just so many options that you guys uh, can like slot right in there into your starting roster. I'd rather trade back for somebody who is more maybe enamored with uh, Mac Jones. You're uh, at least financially invested at this point in Jared Goff, uh, you know, maybe wait it out. You're rebuilding for the future. Um, I'm, if I had to pick like a team to trade up though, I'm going to take the Broncos. And I think like we can make a, a contest here of who's most desperate for the quarterback. <laughs> and I think the Broncos might actually uh, win out on that one. Cause they've been dealing with uh, some really, really rough quarterbacks and John Elway. Uh, God, he, uh, he has ruined the quarterback position for that entire city. Uh, may, may the quarterback rest in peace in Denver, but it, it really does seem like they are, um, you know, I, I think looking for an answer. It doesn't seem like Drew Locke is the answer. I would say if anybody wants to, to really make a move there, why not? It, Mac Jones feels like one of, he's like a boring, one of the more boring picks of the draft. It feels like just one of the picks the Broncos would make at the quarterback <laughs> position. Um, just sort of vanilla. I, I think that, they'd probably be the team that I'd be looking out for um, in terms of, of moving up for Mac Jones. 
Yeah, and that does make sense. So Denver, they're selecting ninth. They could jump Carolina if they just feel like Carolina's bluffing on Darnold. And if they feel like, you know, Jones is going to sit a year, who knows? Because for for as much as we think he's pro ready, Jones did only play one season and that tends to get swept under the rug. So we have Denver who does need a quarterback. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Let's talk about the teams who have multiple first-round picks because they could package deals to move up as well. So let's go from the bottom to the top. So the Jaguars, they have a the 25th overall pick from the Rams. The Jets, they have the 23rd overall pick from the Seattle Seahawks. And then... That and then Miami, of course, has the 18th overall pick, and after they have the earlier pick from the Houston Texans trade, I believe. So that's three teams with multiple first round picks who could package, you know, picks to move up. But both of those are all three of those teams, honestly. So Jacksonville, they're not loaded, they're not set. The Jets in the same position, you know, they just had one of the worst years uh, before having, you know, a quote unquote mini hot streak at the end of the year, but that I mean, <laughs> they just didn't look. They just did not look like a team who was built to win now. So usually the teams like San Francisco, they're going to move up because they're close. Like they're a one player away, quote unquote. And you don't get that same sense with the Jaguars, with the Jets. And then even the Dolphins who had some success last year, you know, they don't want to mortgage. I mean, I imagine mortgage more picks after they moved back up. So while I could see, you know, one of those teams or another team moving up, I'm not sure it will be a team with one of the multiple first-round picks. So let's keep it moving here. Uh, Dallas, Giants, they're going to probably stay put. Dallas desperately needs a cornerback. Um, perhaps the Chargers could jump them if they feel like a certain cornerback, you know, if they are in love with a certain oh, J.C. Horn. But they also need an offensive tackle. So who knows there? But other than that, I think, you know, New England, they might be, you know, SOL when it comes to the quarterback position. We keep talking about them. They did not give Cam Newton a lot of money, but Cam Newton played. And, you know, before he was hit with COVID, he looked like Cam Newton of old. So hopefully he returns to that same level of player. But I think we are looking at a potential of Jimmy Garoppolo here still. And then they could also, you know, they could fall for Mac Jones. If they like Jimmy Garoppolo, I imagine they're Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels will be a fan of what Mac Jones brings to the table. So I keep coming back to Mac Jones for the Pats, but I'm just so interested to see where he goes based on everything we've talked about this, you know, these past couple of weeks, because you would think he was one of the best quarterbacks in the draft, but 
common sense would tell you that he falls out of the top 10 or just, you know, he's not going to go anywhere near as high as we think. Yeah, it's super interesting. And uh, something I feel like is underrated with the Pats, uh, just in in terms of uh, the way they structured this deal with Cam Newton, it is laced with incentives. So like if you're, if you, I, obviously they sort of gave themselves a, a nice safety blanket there. They're not paying him a ton if he doesn't, uh, you know, end up starting most of the season or if uh, they get somebody else in that position. But um, they are did put him in a position where he can earn a, a bit more money than is actually on the books uh, just in terms of uh, incentives. He's got a lot of playoff incentives, uh, game time incentives. Uh, I think it's uh, $8.5 million dollars. Uh, available just in terms of of what he could earn uh, extra. So I, I think that's honestly the perfect way to structure a deal for Cam Newton is, uh, you know, make him bet against himself a little bit. Uh, I, I think that, you know, maybe we're underplaying how much they like Cam Newton. They seem to really enjoy his leadership last season. Um, so I do think that it might still be Cam Newton's season, even if they do make a play for uh, a guy like Mac Jones, uh, just to to develop into the future. But I don't know. It, all of these teams just feel like they have uh, enough holes that it doesn't make a ton of sense uh, to draft up. Um, I mean, even even the Patriots, they're hurting at receiver. Obviously, they need to rebuild their offense a bit. Um, but I don't know. If I'm any of these teams, I want to trade down. It it feels like a, a deep draft. You've got uh, some some nice depth at at offensive line. I do think that uh, any of these teams should consider trading down a little bit and uh, hoping that you know you get one of these guys uh, later on in the draft that um, you know you you can stack up those picks and and start to really rebuild your entire franchise at that point. So somebody just sent me this, and we talked about earlier in the draft or sorry earlier in the draft earlier in the podcast how. The odds for Mac Jones was minus 200, and this was as of last night, as of Tuesday evening, and Justin Fields was minus 70, and Trey Lance was plus 325. As of this very moment, the odds have changed to now minus 170 for Mac Jones, or sorry, yeah, minus 170 for Jones, and it is down to minus 110 for Justin Fields, and Trey Lance fell from plus 500 to plus 200, so... Vegas is starting to get some info that old McCorkle might not be it. (laughs) So um, I think that is it for us. We've covered everything about who is going to make some moves in the NFL draft is going to be fun. It is going to be wild, just like every other Thursday evening is. I think I mean, we've already seen trades, but I think there's going to be so many unknowns in this one. And for all we know, Jamar Chase is going to fall. For all we know, Devontae Smith is going to fall. Jalen Waddle is going to fall. All these star-studded wideouts, not everybody is going to go early, and I cannot wait to see who the NFL values. But at the same time, just because they go early doesn't mean a guy in the later in the later half of the draft, whether that is Elijah Moore or Rashad Bateman or one of those guys, won't outperform them. And that's what makes the NFL draft so entertaining every year because we just talked about Penny Sewell and we talked about Rashawn Slater but for all we know Oklahoma State has an offensive tackle who might be more talented than all of those guys when it's all said and done so so many moving parts here we want to thank you for listening my name is Kyle Posey you can follow me at KP underscore show on the Twitters please rate subscribe review Kate where can we find you on the internet 
yeah, follow me at FFBallBlast on Twitter and uh, check out our work over at DraftKings Nation. Thank you as always, gentle listener, and have a great day. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.